Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. We are most active on Twitter, so follow hashtag BigStrongYes. For announcements and discussion, you can follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. Yes, and if you are a Patreon supporter, we have a big, strong, yes, chat room on Discord where everyone hangs out and give each other support. It's very, very cool. It's intimate. It's private just to the Patreon supporters who go into that room. And you can go over 280 characters, which is really nice. So join us at patreon.com slash chipperish. And thank you for supporting the show and for participating with us online. We love to see your tweets and comments and graphics. And if you enjoy Big Strong Yes, please give us a review on the Apple Podcast app because this is the best way to help us promote the show and to help people find the show. Absolutely. That is the number one way to get more people listening to Big Strong Yes, which of course is everybody's goal in life, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So today's episode is our Big Magic finale. I can't believe I we've already believe made it. it. I know. Wow. It's kind of crazy. All right. So we're taking next week off, but we'll be back on December 6th with our first reading in Year of Yes. It'll be Hello, I'm Old and I Like to Lie through to the prologue Full Frontal. So that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Go to chipperish.com and search Big Strong Yes schedule to find all the information about what we're reading and when. I cannot believe we're two thirds of the way done with this. I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the finale does not get us out of homework? No, it doesn't. <laughs> How did your homework go this week? Well, my homework was, was you know, fine. It was follow the shiny thing, which mm -hmm. I like. So um, I did follow the shiny thing, and it kind of brought me to an unexpected place, um, which is math. Math. I've never been a math person, but I'm taking the GRE, you know, the Monday after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't touched a math problem in ages. And I thought, you know, let's just, I mean, you know, I'm not supposed to study. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares what my GRE score is. It's one <laughs> of these things. It's just a box you have to tick to get in. Um, but nobody in the sociology program is a social sciences program is going to care, you know, if I didn't do well in math. Right. Um, but, uh, I, I went into like studying for the and like looking up math problems and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I started watching this tutor on YouTube. Her name is Julia Andrews of Andrews Tutoring. Um, she doesn't really have a website. She has a couple of videos on YouTube where she goes through answers uh, to problems that she put in a book, um, which she has out, which is called GRE Math Simplified. Mm -hmm. um, this is not a paid endorsement. I just like her. So it's a regular endorsement, I guess. Um, but the puzzle solving element of the math. I've been watching her go through all these problems and it's been reminding me of, of, you know, stuff that I did in high school that I haven't thought about since I was in high school. Um, and it's been really fun. It's like solving little puzzles and, you know, and I kind of love that. So, um, the issue for me is when I learned this stuff in school, I like memorized whatever formula for whatever kind of thing we were doing, but I never really understood, like the reasons behind the formula, the reasons why this makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. and now I'm kind of like trying to understand the theory. Um, and it's, it's throwing my mind into a place that I haven't, or exercising a part of my mind, I guess that I haven't exercised in a really long time. And it's been kind of fun. So I'm, I'm having a really good time with it. And I'm kind of taking these 
problems and doing the puzzles and my kids who like are really, really good at math, especially my youngest daughter, um, just like incredible with it. And so like, I'm going through this stuff and they're like, okay, this is what you do. And they're explaining it to me. And it's just, it's really, really fun. So I chased the shiny thing into math, which I, I was not this. expecting. <laughs> So how about you? I gave you the same homework. You had me assign you homework last week and it was it was chase the shiny thing. So what was that? So my shiny thing is never, ever, ever going to lead to math. But <laughs> um, but it did lead me to um, to some really interesting stuff this week. Yeah. So I started really thinking about what lights me up, you uh-huh. know, the shiny things, kind of thinking about that magnet, like what are you pulled to and why? Like what gives you that sense of, hey, this is something I really like, or this is something that lights me up or something I want to do or want to learn more about. And so like, I know for me, I know that this is the movies that I love, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I went and saw Thor, which was great, because I got Loki and Doctor Strange on the big Mm -hmm. screen. I'm a very happy girl. Um, Tonight, I'm going to see the Justice League. I've been rewatching Sherlock while I'm doing the laundry. So just like, realizing that these are things that make me very happy and I need to make more time for them. You know, fantasy novels make me happy. Music and poetry make me happy. Um, Picture books, like really smart, Mm -hmm. witty, lyrical children's picture books. I love them. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Creative work that's collaborative. Like this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a new podcast in December with Mandy Kay where we're talking about Southern movies. I know. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Hoping to do more work with you when Big Strong Yes is over. Like Mm -hmm. wanting to do more guest spots, like reworking Southern Fried Scholar with more collaboration in mind. Going back to improv class because it's basically like group play Mm -hmm. for adults. Um, I was thinking about the piano and it's been great, but it's also done in isolation. And then I thought, hell, I could go take a piano lesson with a person. (laughs) So like just kind of understanding that that makes me happy, you know, Mm -hmm. and that those are good things. So like almost starting a list of like like some of the shiny things that make me happy and maybe I should follow up with like more time with friends and then. Kind of on the creative side, like I know I enjoy glass blowing. I know mm-hmm. I like doing that. And there are places around here that I could learn more and I could do it more. Um, the same thing with photography, you know, and, and some of that kind of thing that I just need to make time for and allow myself to do instead of resisting so hard. Like I find something I like and I hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just need to let myself do it. And sharing books with people who also love them. That makes me incredibly happy. I'm making you read (laughs) (laughs) a fiction book right now. Um, Discovery of Witches, which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, those are some of the things that that light me up and make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also followed my curiosity to a real place, which is a, a fantastic tattoo and piercing shop called Angel and the Bad Man. I love it. Right. And so I was doing a little bit of research for the future tattoo, but one of the things that I had been wanting was multiple piercings in each ear. Yeah. And I did it. Good for you. So I have three piercings in each ear now, and I also got the cartilage at the top of the left ear done. Wow. Okay. That seems like that would hurt. So here's the ironic thing about this. (laughs) When you think about leveling up in badassery. Yes. I am terrified of needles. (laughs) And I avoid pain at all costs. 
but I decided I was going to do this. And so I did not like, I didn't do a ton of research. I didn't do a ton of like, normally I would say I'll do this for myself for Christmas or I'll do it for my birthday or I'll put it off. I thought about this last night. I looked around and read reviews of different shops. I got up this morning and went and did it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So, but the, the artist who was there was fantastic. And she, she gave me like this great information about the difference between getting pierced with the gun, the Mm -hmm. way that my ears had been pierced before and getting hand pierced with a needle. Mm -hmm. And she walked me through the whole process and just like the way that the needles, needles were made and they're hollow and they're designed differently. And, I didn't pass out, which oh. <laughs> was like incredibly impressive. And um, and she drew all the dots on me first and walked mm-hmm. through the whole thing and like pinned my hair back and we made this whole thing out of it. And she walked me through a breathing technique for each of the five piercing. Wow. And, and it was fine. It stung mm-hmm. a little, but it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because like through the cartilage though? Yeah. That yeah. seems like that would really hurt. It it was not bad at all. Wow, that's awesome. Well, yeah. she's obviously really good at what she does. And I mean, honestly, like, um, we brought Sarah, my oldest daughter, to get her nose pierced. That was what she wanted for her 18th birthday. So that's what we did. And it was awesome. Um, but we, you know, brought her to like a real piercing place. We didn't like go anywhere in the mall or anything like that. Right. Um, that's what this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you go to a real place, I mean, yes, it's more expensive, but they do it right, you know? Right. I mean, this yeah. was a lot more expensive, but, and she, but she spent a lot of time with me and walked mm-hmm. me through the whole thing and. I mean, she knows her stuff. She's been doing tattoos and piercings for 20 years. And, yeah. Um, but I felt completely comfortable and safe with her. That's and, awesome. Yeah. But but it was amazing because the way that she taught me to breathe through the pain of the needle. Yeah. I had never done before. And it worked. That's so cool. Yeah. So it yeah. takes like two to three weeks to heal. And then I can change these out for mm-hmm. pretty you know, earrings and all the places, and then I'll put a picture up. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but I've wanted it forever, and now I have it. And I was like, well, I literally followed the shiny thing. I love these are it. All shiny <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you get an A for homework, man. Thanks. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, how are your reflections this week? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really enjoyed reading Big Magic. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like the biggest thing that I got out of it, the narrative that feeds your soul, which evolved for me into this idea of choosing magic, mm-hmm. wasn't really about the creativity. I mean, mm-hmm. Big Strong Yes, for me, is really about this recovery process. My personal path to healing runs through the realm of creativity. And I've been holding on to creativity like a lifeboat since I launched Chipperish in February. Um, my approach to creativity has always been, you know, pretty clean and straightforward. Um, It's the one area of my life I think that has been pretty healthy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm fairly well aligned with Elizabeth Gilbert's kind of perspective on on creativity and the work and that kind of thing. Um, I don't think that's the only way to view or approach creativity, but I, I think it's nice. I like it. It's, it's fairly harmonious with the way that I see the world. But what I learned most powerfully from Elizabeth Gilbert is just about being kind to yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, Gilbert takes a lot of shit 
for her privilege. I mean, she grew up in a stable, loving family. She's a huge, successful author. She can travel the world on a whim. You know, she's white, blonde, thin, and pretty in a country (laughs) where that combination of traits pretty much opens every door for you, you know? And I, I get what people say about privilege and her view on the world. I mean, it's easy to view the world as a magical place when you're white, blonde, thin, and pretty. The world for people like that is basically an endless free pass at Disneyland where you get to skip gleefully to the front of every line, you know? <laughs> um, but I would argue this. She has every advantage. Yes, absolutely. And doors have opened up for her that might not open as quickly or sometimes at all for the rest of us, you know, fine. But even with all of that, you know, she is still thoughtful. She is still kind, not just to herself, but to other people as well. And she still works her ass off for everything, even though enough stuff probably comes to her for free, you know, and she still has the courage to share all of that with us, accepting the pot shots that people take at her, accepting that a lot of people are simply going to hate her just because of who she is and what she looks like. You know, Mm -hmm. and how many people with a free Disneyland skip the line pass would still push themselves that hard and demand that much of themselves and willingly throw that vulnerability out into a universe where people are going to really be inclined to hate and resent her, you know, like, I don't know how many people would do that and do it with a smile the way that she does. And I think that Elizabeth Gilbert is kind of amazing. I mean, I respect her and I like her. I get why a lot of people don't. And some criticisms I've seen of her, you know, fair enough. But there are fair criticisms about everyone and every piece of work. And there's still a tremendous amount of value in her work. And I still think that I can benefit from being more like her in a lot of ways. And she has this like audacity to love herself fully And I want that audacity for myself. So I look at this and I think, you know, what is it I'm taking away from Big Magic? And it's it's Elizabeth Gilbert is a role model for who I want to be. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. So how about you? What did you get? What did you come up with this week? I think Elizabeth Gilbert has always been a light for me Mm -hmm. and she never fails to move my heart. And so in rumbling with heartache this week, I went back to Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, wow. So, yeah, (laughs) I pulled my very tattered paperback off my bookshelf, kind of looking for wisdom in some of her words. Mm -hmm. And I had marked some pages years ago, you know, when I read the book. And and I just happened to open to one of the pages that I had marked. Mm -hmm. And there was this quote. And she said, I had given myself away in love many times merely for the sake of love. If I am to truly become an autonomous woman, then I must take over the role of being my own guardian. Mm-hmm. And this just spoke to me. And it made me realize that while being open to magic and creativity and saying yes and love is wonderful and a damn important thing for me to do, especially compared to where I was at the beginning of this journey. <laughs> Um, and I'm better off being open than I was being closed up tight with all of my emotions locked away in the crate. Mm-hmm. Being fully open without guarding myself is sliding too far on the other side of yeah. that pendulum. So my reflections were that boundaries are needed with big magic too. Mm-hmm. And finding the balance between fear and self-care. So saying yes to what scares me but is right for me. Mm -hmm. And no to what isn't right for me is the new challenge. Mm -hmm. So saying yes with the right filter of does this feed my soul and not letting fear drive that decision 
that's the new thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to be the guardian of my own heart. So staying open to awe and wonder while believing that I am, in fact, deserving of that kind of big magic, but doing so in a way that keeps me at the center instead of keeping me at the center of some kind of storm of magic that I get lost in. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the challenge. Wow. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> no, that's very cool, though. And I but, love the way that you express that. That's really nice. But I think Elizabeth Gilbert shines with love because she lives love, mm-hmm. you know, and she lives it on a level that I have yet to learn how to do. But <laughs> I admire her for that. And I want to grow the kind of courage needed to live love in that way. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that's great for the podcast. I can just end the podcast right there. <laughs> And I see her as a role model too. I, I have always admired her, and I, I think that she, I, th- I think that she's just touched by something, and I really mm-hmm. think that she has a lot to to give and to offer. And I'm really glad that we read Big Magic together. I'm glad too. I'm glad too. It was it was a really good. I, I loved listening to it the first time, but going through it deeply has has opened up some more of this for me that I think was really valuable. Absolutely. So overall, as a whole, what are your big reflections for Big Magic as a book? What are your big just overall reflections? Yeah, I think, you know, purely from a creative standpoint, you know, like I look at what are the big messages from Big Magic that mm-hmm. I I really respond to and that I think are incredibly helpful. And I mean, you know, outcome oriented thinking poisons your creative well. I absolutely, you know, believe in that. Um, and I think that that's good. The idea that your creativity loves you and wants to give you a big, fat, wet, sloppy kiss. I like that. That <laughs> um, you don't need to suffer because of your creativity, but putting your suffering into your creativity, you know, is fine and, and a lot of times really necessary for both you and the people who are going to be taking in that creativity. Um, I really liked the externalization and anthropomorphizing of concepts like genius, creativity, and fear. I think that that can be incredibly valuable and has been valuable for me throughout this process. This, this separation from myself and my ego of these things, you know, and putting them outside of myself. I really like that. And I think that's a very valuable way to think about those things, you know, and again, that's a narrative that when, you know, when reality is open to interpretation, you know, that's the kind of thing that you can put into that particular context. And it works really well. At least it really does for me. Um, How you think defines how you live, you know, which is something that I picked up from, looking at the way that she thinks and looking at the way that she lives, you know, and, and again, you know, she is a role model for me. I could learn to be more like Elizabeth Gilbert in a lot of ways. Um, And then of course, authenticity is infinitely more valuable than originality, which is something that I have always felt. Um, It was really nice and validating to hear someone else say that. So I really (laughs) enjoyed that. How about you? What'd you get out of it? Well, it's funny. I went back and and read my notes from some Mm -hmm. of the early episodes and, um, when we started it, I was really struggling to understand the connection between courage and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was trying to bridge rising strong to oh, big yeah. magic. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because she started with fear so strongly, you know. And on page eight, you know, she said, so this, I believe, is the central question upon which all creative living hinges. Do you have the courage to bring forth the treasures that are hidden within you? And it was all about fear. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it. I just could not wrap my mind around what she was talking about. I thought maybe it was about the fear of sharing your work, mm-hmm. which I totally understand, right? Because that's all kind of vulnerable. 
Yeah. But what I realized is that for me, it's about the fear of creativity not being authentically mine. Mm-hmm. Like creativity not being part of my natural shape. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really was about. And I think I have embraced the idea that it is. Oh, I'm so glad. So we're getting there. <laughs> um, and so and then the idea of joy, which I struggled with so much. And so I'm learning what joy actually feels like mm-hmm. and how to call it down and how to be grateful for it when it comes. Um, but on the flip side of that, it it's just funny, like the emotional. What's the word for a bloody, muddy, difficult journey that you got drugged through kicking and screaming to get to the end and then say, oh, yeah, I learned a lot. I need a word. <laughs> Is there a word for- I'll bet you there's a German word for it. I be- <laughs> yeah, <'cause- laughs> yeah, I need a word for that kind of journey. Um, <laughs> because at the beginning of this, I would say things that I used to fight, all tears, <laughs> The urge to cry, the urge to write, the call to read poetry, any sense whatsoever of writing poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of music, even though it spoke to me, or the sense of being connected to the world and the universe beyond it, anything that even hinted of divinity, the sense of magic, my own voice. Mm -hmm. And I would say none of that is true anymore. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Wow. That is so powerful. (laughs) So my brand of big magic. It's that is pretty cool. Yeah. So but it's it is not without struggle and it sure as hell is messy. And I'm (laughs) I can't say that I'm like it's not done. (laughs) It's it's very much still in progress. Though like it is such a blossoming, this whole process for you. You know, for me it's been about healing, about, you know, bloody and dirty on the floor, you know, like getting up <laughs> and getting cleaned up from that. But for you, like, this has been such an experience of, of blossoming and of discovering yourself. And it's really incredibly inspiring to watch. I think it's a lot harder when it's you doing it. It's really fun to watch other people blossom, you know, <laughs> because you're like, yeah, go girl. And when it's you, it's like, this is a scary place to be, you know. Um, but uh, but it's been really inspiring. And I'm incredibly proud of you. I think oh, you've just been doing you. an amazing job. I really appreciate it. I think. <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell oh my did I sign up for? I know. Um, well, you did it, though, and you're still doing it. All right. So now we move into the next section, which is Big Magic Connections, Calling Back to Rising Strong. And I was lazy in my notes because I saw your notes and I was like, yep, 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 yep. They're pretty much everything Kelly said. So I'm going <laughs> to let you go ahead and run this part. <laughs> so th- this was really interesting to me to see the the overlap and the connections and the emerging yeah. themes between these two books which could not be more different mm-hmm. you know if you take the the paradigms and and the epistemologies and the worldviews of these two women who are friends and who have mm-hmm. worked together but they're incredibly different um but i still saw a lot of of connections between them and you know you have that connection between courage and creativity you have each of their very distinct flavors of authentic badassery. And and I like this because I think in Rising Strong, I would have said I learned how to claim the fact that I am a strong person. Mm-hmm. But I think I also would say I'm 
fierce. Like, I'm okay saying that now. Good. You know, because like even now feeling sad or even being overwhelmed with sadness, Mm -hmm. like stronger than that is this desire to fucking fight that sadness. Yeah. You know, and that's stronger. And there's, it's like fire in me. It's mine. And I can use it to fuel creativity and use creativity to fuel it as well. And I like it. And it's good to know it's there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would have seen it only through Big Magic. I think I needed Rising Strong to get there, too. Yeah, the combination of the two. It really is like a one-two punch. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Oh, um, that's fantastic. And the shitty first drafts. Oh, right. Know, it's like the emotional rumbling in Rising Strong, but then as a creative rumbling in Big Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need the freedom to write a shitty first draft or to paint a shitty first draft or to make a shitty first draft as well. So I think, you know, Anne Lamont is still a goddess and it applies in both realms, Mm -hmm. which I really liked. Um, We got love ability and divinity in both books. Yep. Um, Love ability is still kicking my ass, (laughs) but I'm starting to dance with divinity. Oh, good. So we're getting there. Well, that's good. They're both, they're both still unreachable for me but i'll get there (laughs) yes you will and then we had you know from rising strong never good enough and who do you think you are Mm -hmm. which comes into big magic as creativity is your birthright and that idea of positive entitlement Mm -hmm. you know creativity is part of the soul which for me i'm struggling with is like my fingerprint my voice creativity is mine you Mm -hmm. know and, and still working through that and then rising strong gave us the story i'm making up and Big Magic gave us the generous narrative that's feeding our soul. Right. So I really liked those connections. Yeah. No, those were great. I read the whole thing and I was like, yep, that's just. <laughs> I don't even need to add. It was just really good. <laughs> you hit everything. So. You're hilarious. So <laughs> what are your big ideas from Big Magic? What are you keeping? Um, this idea of entitlement, you know, uh, there's, there's something wrong with the idea of entitlement because it carries this connotation that you think you deserve something that you haven't earned, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's why entitlement has that kind of bad flavor to it. And so we need a word, like some, whoever out there like makes up words, uh, we're giving you a list of things tonight that we need words for. And, and I want a word for that positive entitlement, you know, mm-hmm. cause I've been the opposite of that actually in my whole life. I've worked my ass off and still felt like I deserve nothing, you know? Um, and so like, I, am I'm, I'm thinking of it now in terms of like earned entitlement, you know, mm. and I want a word for that because it's, it's a powerful entitlement. It is, you've worked for this, you deserve this, you know? And I mean, some things you're entitled to just by being human, yeah. like your creativity you're entitled to, you are a born creative person because you are human and everybody human is creative, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's definitely like, there's certain entitlements that you have just simply by being human, you know, certain things that that you should have anyway. But, but this idea of like an earned entitlement that like, I, I do deserve these things, you know, and I, I struggle with that all the time. I can't even tell you how many times I'm on the phone with Kelly being like, I don't deserve this, you know? No, but see, (laughs) if I invented a word (laughs) to describe all of the things that I think you deserve, it would get into the magnitude of treasures oh, <laughs> like honey. it would be a much bigger word <laughs> i'm just i'm just ready to to it, it's i'm very uncomfortable with it but i'm kind of dancing into this space where i can say like i deserve i mean it's it's 
I, it's a really difficult concept for me to to have that I deserve things just for being human. Like I can say that other people do, but like me, you know, um, that's always a problem. And that I deserve things that I've worked for, you know. Um, and I was talking to my therapist, Crystal, this week, and I was talking about something that had happened. And I said, you know, I don't really feel like um, like I've deserved it. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say I accept this gift from the universe, that the universe threw me a bone. And she just gave me this look and she's like, or you worked your ass off and you got this thing. And I'm like, you know, okay, fine. We could look at it that way. <laughs> so it's something that I, I struggle with, but I think that it's the things that I struggle with that I really want to take with me because I feel like those are the things that, that will be, when I crack that nut, will be incredibly valuable. Well, you definitely deserve to crack that nut, baby. Thank you very much. So what about you? What's going on with you in this? So I think the things I'm keeping are some of my favorite quotes and some of my favorite ideas. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert says, what calls to your heart and brings you to life? Mm -hmm. And I think if I was going to paint something on my bedroom ceiling, it would be this because I'd like to see it every morning when I open my eyes. I I love it. And she said, surely something wonderful is sheltered within you because Mm -hmm. the universe hid it in there and it wants to see if you can find it. And to the universe, I say, bring it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I still love the quote of creative living is where big magic will always abide. Um, because damn, this woman can write. I know she can. She's so good. She's so good. Um, I love the idea of creativity as a force of enchantment. And I'm done fighting it because I want it. And I'm just That's claiming good. it. You know, God, I love how powerful you are like, fierce and you are strong and you are like, that's it. I'm kicking ass. You are bad ass Kelly today. I love it. Well, you told me to go find what I want. This is what I want. <laughs> I did. I did. I forgot about that, that was months ago. And I said, what do you want? Yeah, this is what I want. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I love the, the idea of ideas as living entities and inspiration seeking human collaborators. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of fear riding in the backseat. Yep. And the idea of knowing the world as richly as it longs to be known, mm-hmm. like that just, that, that's so inviting, that's so appealing. And I I still love the idea of pursuit, you know, yeah. and, and that just speaks to me. Um, and this emerging sense of divinity, which I'm also no longer fighting mm-hmm. because I can't explain it and I don't understand it and I can't define it. But I do believe in this kind of magic, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. and the force of creativity in our souls and in our hearts and the callings of those things, and I'm going to keep surrendering to it until I figure it out. Wow. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We might get into year of yes, and I'll be like, all that stuff I said, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, if you ask uh, me what I want, this is what I want. I love it. Yeah. So what about your strong challenges? What are you still resisting? Oh, divinity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, divinity and magic, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, I I used to believe in magic. I had like this strong sense of faith in the universe as a force and in magical things, you know, Um, and that was an avenue that number two used to get me. You know, um, he told me these pretty stories about soulmates and Aristophanes, and he lied to me about everything. But I believed, you know, this was true love. This was the soulmate. This was the one in a million thing. And I believed it so powerfully 
that he still had me on the line. Like until just a couple of months ago, he was still messing with me with this, you know? Um, And now because of that experience, because I believed so powerfully in that love, if you had asked me even a year ago today, a year ago today, he was gaslighting me about a million things and making me think that everything that was wrong was my fault. I mean, the the stuff that happened was, was so incredibly brutal and abusive. Um, but you know, I, I would have said that this was true love, that we were meant to be together, that it was all of these magical things, you know, and now that I know that it wasn't, you know, I've lost faith in the idea that there's magic in the world, that, that true love is even possible. Um, you know, it, cause if what we had wasn't that, it's just some sick abusive brainwashing, then like, for me, what that means is that it doesn't exist. It just isn't there, you know? And I feel really sad about losing that part of myself, you know? And um, I'm like, oh, Fox Mulder, like, I want to believe, you know? But I don't. I just don't anymore. And I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get that part of me back. And so it has kind of contaminated my sense of universe and magic and divinity. Um, And I don't know, like, when people talk about this divinity and the universe that loves me and, and the magic of it. Like I want it, but I go cold around it. So it's, it's something that is, you know, there's this part of my, my world, this part of my life that is this like big black, it's not even a smoking crater anymore. Now it's cold, you know, but there's just nothing there. Nothing grows there. There's no life there. And when I get into that space, it's it's a very cold space for me. And it wasn't ever for the rest of my life. That was always a lively space for me. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to resurrect it or not. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen. But right now, like, my belief in, in magic is gone. Um, and divinity is gone. But I... Yeah. I feel like it could come back. I hope that it can come back, but I, I don't know. It can. I, I mean, I do. And I would say that I can want to believe in that strongly enough for you. And <laughs> as someone who has enough distance from a deeply abusive relationship, just to say, I believe that kind of healing is possible, but that I think you are completely entitled to feel the way that you're feeling right now and that that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I I no. just, I don't believe in anything anymore. And yeah, I mean, maybe someday I will. Maybe I don't need to believe in it. Maybe I can create something else in me that, that fills that space that that used to take up. But I don't know. So it's it's this thing, like, in these books, when they talk about divinity, and they talk about magic, like, I'm, I'm, I want to believe in it. And I remember when I was a person who could believe in that. And I just don't now. And I'm kind of like dealing with, with that loss. Right. You know, of, of the way that I see the world. Because I do like this magical way of seeing the world. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and in no way to minimize that, my romanticized view would be to say, just as I firmly believe that the heart of who you are cannot be broken in a fall, mm-hmm. I also believe that the magic of all of this cannot be taken away from you by any man. Mm-hmm. But I think it takes time and a great deal of healing and that where you are with it is probably exactly where you're supposed to be with it. But yeah, anything that you want to call back to you, you will have the power to call back to you. I do believe that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So what about you? What did you resist? I'm still resisting the idea of entitlement. I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I'm working to find my natural shape. I honestly don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a coming back to. It's a it's a discovery from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So accepting this wild, deep creativity as a natural part of myself is still a challenge. But I think one of the reasons I resisted the metaphor of creativity as a love affair so much outside of the fact that I was deeply pissed off on your behalf (laughs) is because the context of an affair implies that something is being stolen. Mm -hmm. And if authentic creativity is part of my natural shape, then it's well and truly mine. And I don't want it to feel like a stolen thing, Mm -hmm. but I'm not entirely sure how to do that like deeply yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm still struggling with daily rituals of creativity I mean, I'm definitely writing more now than I have in years, and I'm dabbling more in creative pursuits than I have in years, but it's a long way away from what I would call a creative life. Yeah. I don't know. I I still hold my breath. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, like, you're making so much progress with that. You know, you are being so much more creative. You're doing so much more creative stuff than you've done in such a long time, you know? And and I, I like seeing that evolution in you. Thank you. I think it's very cool. I think you're very inspiring. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> so what about your yes? What are your actions moving into your yes? Well, you know, it's funny you went to a tattoo place today because I was thinking about the tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want a tattoo. And I've been wanting one for ages. I've never been able to to figure out what it is that I would want. Yep. You know, like to, to put on my body. I love typographical art. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love this trend that we've had where people are taking words and making them into these like beautiful representations, which I think is really cool. Um, and I, I'm thinking about the tattoo that I want. And ironically enough considering the whole thing that i just went through um choose magic is the idea that's been really speaking to me lately you know Mm -hmm. this this idea of the narrative that feeds your soul and and choosing magic that when when it's a possibility you know when magic is possible choose magic when magic is a possible explanation for something choose magic you know Mm -hmm. um i want to choose magic i want to believe in it again even as i resist it i kind of want the reminder of it on my body you know, I, I want it. it tattooed in ink. Um, and from Rising Strong, I think I want Rise Up, mm-hmm. you know, because the power that it puts back into me, you know, other people can knock me down, fine, but I will rise up on my own, you know. Damn right you will. And so I think what I want to do next is as we go through Year of Yes, you know, when we get there, whatever concept it is at the end of Year of Yes that speaks to me, you know, I'll add something to it from there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I want to put them in a circle around my wrist and wear them like a bracelet for the rest of my life. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I kind of it. like have this instinct to, to do them in a non-Roman alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that people have to ask me what it says. And if I don't want to share it, I can always make up something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's Except great. That it, I like that idea, but it feels a little culturally appropriative. Like I, I don't have a strong connection with like, say, Cyrillic or Arabic, which, oh my God, is one of the most beautifully graphical languages. If you see anything written in Arabic, it is so gorgeous, you know, like it's beautiful. Japanese, you know, like, yeah. I mean, my oh, God, yeah. you know, these are beautiful. Um, 
so I, I love the way that they look, but I don't feel like that would be genuine to me to, mm -hmm. to just steal one of these alphabets because they're pretty without having a deep connection to it. And I was thinking, well, you could use Elvish from Lord of the Rings, which actually looks a lot like Arabic, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it also doesn't feel like me. It's a lot of people have been doing this like Elvish Lord of the Rings thing. And it's a very kind of like pulled on affectation. I don't want that, you know. Um, so I'm going to keep thinking about it, but I think I'm going to make that tattoo bracelet. And just have that great. circling my wrist, you know, um, and uh, and see how that goes. So in year of yes, I'm going to be thinking about that call to adventure, the call to action. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so I think I'm just going to, you know, that's that's my yes. That's what I'm, I'm coming out of. I think big, strong yes as a whole with that idea of that stuff that I want to do. So right. how about you? What's your yes? So I'm a little nervous about your mm -hmm. yes. Um, for one thing, the scholar in me feels unprepared <laughs> because I've only read it twice. <laughs> oh, baby. And, yeah. And it, it's been almost a year mm -hmm. since the last reading. And so reading it again with you and for a big, strong yes is going to be sort of an act of discovery live mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um so, but when I read it, it struck me as like an anthem of total authentic badassery. And so when we started Big Strong Yes, I hoped I would be ready for it when we got to it. And it felt like a really long way in the future. <laughs> and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not the same as I was when we started. And holy God, I'm still not ready. So. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because you have been year of yesing this whole thing. Like since, you know, since we started this thing, the the number of things that you have said yes to that you have pursued, that you have, I mean, it's, it's astounding. So for me to look at you and everything that you've done and have you say you're afraid of starting year of yes, you're intimidated by that. I, I don't see it because you, you have been so incredibly like powerful and courageous throughout this whole process that it feels to me like you'd be like, yeah, I got this. It's no big deal. You know, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but 2018 is going to be an important year for me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Now I'm turning 40, you know, at, at close to the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. My son is graduating from high school. After so many years of parenting by myself, this is huge. Yeah. So it kind of feels like saying yes to creativity is one thing. Saying yes to lots of other things in life is different. Mm -hmm. um, still makes me just want to like hold my breath. And Shonda Rhimes pulls no punches in this book. Oh, yeah. You know, and I love the book and I was inspired to no end and I cannot wait to read it with you with your bias toward action. And so like, my, my action is, is staying open to action, like to stop mm -hmm. thinking so damn much and just do the damn things. Like even if I do them wrong and fall on my face and also do more of the things that are just fun, like for the yeah. sheer fun of doing them, you know. But I think the reason that I freeze is because some of the things that come to mind, like if I have to be honest about ask, answering the question, what do you want, are very performance-based. Yeah. You know, and that would be community theater or learning to sing or storytelling or more writing or more podcasting. I mean, hell, I thought about doing The Moth. Oh, you I know? love that. <laughs> like, you would be fantastic. <laughs> and saying, you know, yes to the tattoo and like, I want to be well and truly inked. And mm -hmm. when I got the piercings, we actually talked to the, you know, I talked to the artist about this, like my instinct for this, the place on my body for the tattoo is right. And it's going to be the the inside mm -hmm. of my right wrist. And I love it. 
like we're getting closer to that and like making it happen and and saying yes like I want to do road trips like yeah. adventures with friends with the highway rolling under me with some fantastic soundtracks for the ride and mm-hmm. fear in the back seat where it belongs right so <laughs> but but year of yes struck me as like a convergence of clarity and creativity and courage and the whole book is about you know what do you want mm-hmm. no really what do you really want you know <laughs> and now mm-hmm. get your ass up and go do it and so <laughs> it's it's saying yes to the universe when doors open in that direction and opening your eyes and taking the hand that reaches out to you and dancing it out. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of pedal to the metal time and I have to unfreeze and move and breathe and dance. And I think there's a lot of, of fear around that still for me. So, oh. yeah, yeah, you're going to do it. you've been like you've already been doing it I mean maybe you don't see that but I I definitely see that well I'm glad you see it because you're gonna be my you know Obi-Wan Kenobi through this book (laughs) because I say yes to everything (laughs) I I love that about you like you have no idea how much I love that about you oh god well sometimes it gets me into trouble but um but overall you know it's it's fun (laughs) <laughs> it makes it makes life interesting you know well, and sometimes I say yes to things that I, I my biggest problem is I say yes to everything and then there's some things I can't do you know like I don't realize my own limitations <laughs> I'm just like yeah let's do it and then I get myself into something I'm like ah I can't do this now um but uh but yeah it's 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 fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how year of yes um, how it affects both of us, because I think that you have been saying yes a lot more than I have lately. Um, you've been taking action and you've been doing really, really bold things. And I haven't been. Well, sweetheart, so. you've kind of been dealing with one hell of a towering. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see you start to say yes to things that bring you joy. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, well, right now be... I'm just saying yes, because like, you know, like I'm saying yes on this intellectual, like the PhD program, right. You know? I'm completely intimidated by this. I have no idea how the hell I'm going to get all this work done. It's six years of my life if it moves quickly and much more if it doesn't. And, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff that has to be done and all this. I mean, and I'm just like, nope, I'm going to do this thing. I'm putting my head down. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to think about it too hard. I'm just going to roll into it and hopefully it'll be okay. And, you know, it could be getting way over my head. It's going to be amazing. And do not underestimate the joy of qualitative methodology and a (laughs) finely tuned citation list because there is joy to be had okay no I get that there's joy to be had I think that I would you know but I'm just like I'm I'm nervous about about taking it on no you're gonna be awesome you're gonna conquer it it's gonna be great it's gonna light up all kind of new parts of your brain it's gonna be wonderful Uh, I love how confident we are with each other I'm like no you're gonna be fine you're like no you're gonna be fine (laughs) I have full complete and unshakable faith in you Well, I'm glad. I'm glad one of us does. (laughs) So what was your favorite part of Big Magic? Oh, God. You know, I gotta say it's the way that this book has encouraged me to think differently from Mm -hmm. the way that I have in the past. I mean, separating genius and creativity from myself and my ego. I love this idea of fairies dancing around me, like waiting for me to join in with them, you know, um, thinking about things like in terms of earned entitlement that, that I deserve this thing, you know, um, because I've worked really hard and it's okay. You know, uh, choosing magic, which is, 
obviously something that's a huge problem for me. And yet I'm so attracted to that idea that mm -hmm. I can choose it, you know, um, being kind to myself, mm -hmm. <laughs> choosing the narrative that feeds my soul. Um, those are things that had we not gone into this reading this deeply, I don't think I would have ever picked up or accepted, you know? Um, so all of these are things that aren't coming naturally to me right now. Um, but, uh, but I really like them. I want to build up these skill sets. So, so that's, that's for me, I think what's my favorite part. What's your favorite part? So definitely just the lyrical and poetic voice, the mm -hmm. incredible imagery, Elizabeth Gilbert's ability to move me even on days when I think I'm unmovable, mm -hmm. um, her absolute faith in magic, creativity, and love. Mm -hmm. The generous narrative, um, the trickster energy yeah. is staying with me. Um, her kiss with Ann Patchett and the uh -huh. exchange of ideas. Because, damn, mm -hmm. I love that story. <laughs> um, and the Balinese dancers. I think that that imagery will stay with me for the rest of my life. I, it was just so beautiful and so yeah. well told and warmed my mm -hmm. heart. And I love it. And this book as a whole, I, I just love listening to and I love reading and I love walking through this with you. And it was just a great experience. Yeah, no, it really was. It really was. It's been incredibly fun going through these books with you and, and such a great thing to come back to every week. Yeah. You know, because like otherwise there are things that I've thought about because of this podcast and having these discussions with you that I wouldn't have thought about that I think have been really powerful, really healing for me. You know, it's, it's been valuable on so many different levels. Oh, maybe you've changed my life in more ways than I can count. <laughs> so all I can say is hallelujah and amen. <laughs> all right. Well, while we're saying hallelujah and amen, we have some messages from listeners. Um, you guys were fantastic in getting in touch and Yay. it's so wonderful to hear your voices. You know, we, we see you guys on Twitter and we see you in the discord chat, but it's, it's wonderful to actually hear your voices. So we're going to go ahead and play those now. Hey, it's Elizabeth or Ibatharama on Twitter, hoping I can slip in under the wire before you guys publish. But um, my thoughts on Big Magic were just this. Before I started Big Magic, I had not done any creative writing since elementary or middle school, probably, certainly nothing in the high school or beyond creatively. Um, and I just got out my calculator and added up that since beginning Big Magic, I have written 47,059 words of creative writing, including three pieces of fan fiction, one of which I published on Tumblr because I'm a total nerd now, and um, a really sizable chunk of a novel that, um, an original novel. So, I don't know, something about engaging with the text through the um, Patreon community over at the Discord chat, along with um, engaging in the text through journaling and listening to the podcast, really allowed me to break through to that part of my creative energy in a way I probably wouldn't have had I just read the book on my own. So, thanks. 
Hi Lani, hi Kelly. This is Georgina from Discord, otherwise known as Pawari from Twitter. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, taking us on the journey through Big Magic. I've really enjoyed this book. Um, I'm, really, I'm one of those people who find it really easy to overthink stuff, particularly creative things. Is this my passion? What purpose does this have? Who do I want to be when I grow up? All these big, important questions. And what Big Magic has done for me has really given me position, permission to drop all that and just play and be fickle and um, go where the whim takes me. And it's been really, really fun and freeing. So thank you both so very much. Looking forward to Year of Yes. Bye. Hello to Lonnie and Kelly and to all the big, strong yes listeners out there. This is Generosity with a few thoughts on big magic. I think I fundamentally agree with the ideas in the book, but the presentation really was not for me. Thanks to all the new tools I have from reading Rising Strong, I was able to realize that pretty quickly and even identify the parts that were pushing me away. Once I had it laid out, I was able to read past those parts that were challenging and just go over the ideas underneath. Despite that, I always still enjoyed listening to the podcast each week. Your discussions and insights about the journey really was enjoyable to listen to. I did come away with a few key ideas from the book and the podcast. First is the lovely whimsical idea that I want to be a dream folder, a person who helps someone find the right way to shape their dreams into their lives. The second idea is that you have to announce yourself, repeatedly, to the world. No one else is going to do it for you. And finally, the idea that when you can't do what you long to do, go do something else. Thanks again for all the hard work with the podcast each week. Looking forward to Year of Yes. Bye. Hi, this is Joshua Unruh from Oklahoma City. And I wanted to say that as a working artist for just over 10 years, it has been an incredible like rejuvenation experience to read Big Magic, not just for myself, but also in a space with Dr. Jones and Lonnie. Lonnie and Dr. Jones, thank you so much for bringing me along on this journey. And before I go, I want to say a little something about the philosophy of tattoos. The permanence is a feature, not a bug. It is literally a scrapbook of who you are right now kept on your skin. It doesn't matter if you hate it in 10 years. That's who you are right now. Get the tattoos. Don't worry about what your first tattoo is. Worry about how many you can get done before you run out of space. Thanks a lot, you guys, again, for doing this show and putting me in a place where I read books that I probably wouldn't have read on my own that have literally changed my life in the last, whatever, six, eight months. You guys are great. Keep it up. Can't wait to go into the year of yes. See ya. Hi, Lonnie and Kelly. It's Noelle. My first Big Magic homework assignment was inspired by Big Strong Yes folks on Twitter telling me to calm down, just get out there and dance. So I danced. Outside with strangers watching. Dancing in public freaked me out, but it opened me up too, because I had to own it. I felt that jolt of creative joy. Then on the podcast, 
Lonnie did her kick-ass fear myth-busting. You're afraid that your dreams are embarrassing? Well, of course. All the best ones are. That did it. Sign me up for Big Magic. Creativity is in love with us. Big sloppy wet kisses for everyone! Then, after a few light floaty weeks, Kelly brought poetry into it, and I came crashing back down. I mean, goddammit, Kelly. Lonnie would never subject me to that. Under the pressure of waves and demons and softening like clay and the romanticism of dark, lyrical fingerprints, my emotional dam broke. Turns out creativity is my heart's skeleton key. It unlocks joy and also decades worth of pain. Remember the crate? You shove all your wounds in and hope they disappear, but they just stay fresh? Well, the crate's open now, the wounds are out, and I'm not putting them back in. Doing that would mean holding joy and worthiness hostage again, and fuck that. Let the girl go. Here's the great thing. Creativity also gave me exactly what I needed to start healing. It's me talking to me when I take my heartbreak to dance class or rage all over a short story. Which brings me to my big magical idea. Your creativity isn't just in love with you, it more than loves you. That core that no fall can break, your natural shape, creativity nurtures it and gives it back to you. Your creativity has seen you at your absolute worst, but the second you put your lips together to whistle for it, creativity will come running and kiss you with everything it's got. Hi, Dr. Kelly and Lonnie. It's Alan. Over the past couple of months, I've been putting energy back into my blog in the spirit of big magic, trying to be less buttoned up about the pieces I produce so that I will actually produce them. As Gilbert says, take it seriously, but don't take it seriously. I'm having fun chasing the next shiny thing. I love your show, and I can't wait for Year of Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you so much to everyone who called in. We really appreciate you sharing your thoughts about Big Magic. I know. It's so wonderful. God, I love hearing people's voices. Me too. It's, it's awesome. so, so fun. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the Big Magic finale. Thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with us and going through this book with us. We are going to be back on December 6th with the beginning of Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. So get your books out. That's going to be very, very fun. Um, but before we go, I want to uh, close this section with a quote. I am choosing one from Elizabeth Gilbert because I feel like that is an appropriate uh, energy on which to close the big magic finale. Uh, but this is from Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, Happiness is the consequence of personal effort. You fight for it, strive for it, insist upon it, and sometimes even travel around the world looking for it. You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestations of your own blessings. And once you have achieved a state of happiness, you must never become lax about maintaining it. You must make a mighty effort to keep swimming upward into that happiness forever, to stay afloat on top of it. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all.